Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Monday, January 29th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, our Monday guest, Brett Skalski, back with us as well, ready to break down a Monday card with just one Uno game on the NHL card uh, here for this uh, Monday slate. We will talk Nashville and Ottawa uh, in just a bit. We'll also briefly recap the uh, Sunday uh, NHL slate. First of all, you know, we're going to do the old Barry Horowitz pat on the back for me and Alex yesterday. If you're a Patreon member and Patreon subscriber. A 9-0 and perfect sweep of side and totals uh, in the NHL on Sunday. Yeah, let's get those brooms out. Sweep, <laughs> sweep, hard, real hard. Yeah, sweep, whoa, whoa. What? It's like I'm curling again, like a, a kid here in Canada, curling on the old ice rink. But uh, nevertheless, uh, sweep is what happened yesterday. 9-0 and with sides and totals uh, here uh, on the Sunday slate. And there were only two games. Holy shit, we hammered the hell out of those two games, though. Unbelievable. Uh, and look, with the 9-0 and sweep, Alex had first period over, full game over with the Kings and the Blues. His best bet was Blue Jackets cracking first period over. Uh, so 3-0 and sweep, him 6-0 and sweep, me with sides and totals. And the thing is, too, we had a plus 190 Seattle first period team total over uh, in there as one of the winners. We had the draw for me with Kings Blues at plus 340 uh, as one of the winners. So uh, it was just a spectacular Sunday, with even with just two games. So a 9-0 and sweep with sides and totals for Alex and I on the Sunday slate. And, of course, Patreon members get that card each and every day. Uh, and I missed my bargain bin. We didn't cash with Wenberg, unfortunately, for Seattle. But someone else did, and that's Alex with his Christian McCaffrey touchdown, Travis Kelsey touchdown, and Columbus-Seattle first period over cross-sport parlay hitting at plus 422. I don't know. For two games only on the slate yesterday, Alex, I don't know if we could have done a better job than that. I mean, absolutely. That It was uh, just just fantastic to see how the day rolled out. Like I said, starting off with that, uh, you know, L.A. and St. Louis contest, and that was a fun one. I ended up grabbing some of that draw as well. So just a, a nice day all around. And when you add in the the two, uh, you know, touchdowns in the uh, the championship Sunday games, along with that first period over, uh, that made for, for a pretty sweet Sunday into before we get into sunday's games briefly and the monday game i do want to quickly talk about the it is you know we're down to that time of year where it's the nitty-gritty of the nfl season everybody loves nfl everybody follows and watches and bets nfl pretty much so we'll chat just briefly about the two conference championship games so i was on baltimore and for the second week in a row i'm the moron that decides yeah let's bet against patrick mahomes as an underdog when now after yesterday's win he's 10-1 and 1 against the spread as an underdog uh, in his nfl career uh, and yesterday, look, Baltimore, um, there's a lot of blame. To me, it's three themes. One is you weren't ready to play. Miscues, turnovers, and penalties. How many stupid brain-dead penalties did Baltimore take in that game? That's one main reason for your downfall yesterday. Number two, bad Lamar Jackson showed up. Okay, he did. You know, he was not good. He was not accurate throwing the football. At one point in the football game, he was barely 50% completions. That's not going to get it done at home in an AFC championship game against a really good team. So that's not good. And what that that decision he made to throw into triple coverage there 
uh, on that uh, fourth quarter drive when they're down two scores is unacceptable, man. He can't make that decision. He can't make that read, can't make that throw. Uh, and uh, he knew it after the fact, but it's too late. You know, I, I appreciate you're throwing your helmet down on the ground there and angry, but it's too late by that time, man. You fucked up already. You made the mistake. Uh, and that's exactly what we saw from him. But the third thing, and I think it's the biggest reason they lost this game, I've never seen a more disgraceful, pathetic, and really, it's like you didn't even prepare for the opponent that you were playing yep. From as far as the offensive coordinator for Baltimore is concerned, Todd Munkin. How the fuck do you, as a run-first team, where the bread and butter of your offense is running the football, whether it's Gusset, the Polar Bear, Edwards, or Justice Hill, or whoever running back you have to go with Lamar on the design quarterback runs. You are a offensive line built for the run game. You are a team that's built to run the football. How the hell do you end up in a game right from the very beginning saying, you know what? We're a great run team. We're facing the 28th ranked, 28th ranked run defense in the National Football League in the Kansas City Chiefs, and we're going to throw the ball all the amount of times we did uh, in that game yesterday. A complete and utter brutal day for Todd Munkin. People talk about players choke in the big moments. This was a coach that choked in the big moment. Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator for this Baltimore Ravens team. That's exactly what happened. There, it's, it's totally and utterly unacceptable and just flat-out brutal that this run-heavy offense against a team that can't stop the run only ran the football in the in the entire game 15 times. Eight carries by Lamar, three by Gus Edwards. Zay Flowers actually got credit for two rush attempts and Justice Hill three, a grand total uh, of 16 rush attempts for the game from the Baltimore Ravens. 37 pass attempts. Look at that ratio. 16 rush attempts, 37 pass attempts. Right from the very beginning, they just, they, they, they abandoned the run this was right from the start. Like, they're throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball right from the very first drive where they went three and out and Aguilar dropped it over the middle. It was that awful. It was pathetic by the Baltimore Ravens, that game plan. If I'm Todd Munkin I'm, and if I'm the owner of the team, I'm demanding you go in front of the media today and you issue a public apology to the city of Baltimore and every Ravens fans, every Ravens fan for that offensive game plan. I mean, that was a disgrace as far as I'm concerned that you threw the ball. You know Lamar Jackson's not the pocket passer that he that he is as a runner and as an athlete. I mean, absolutely brutal. Just gift wrap that game for Kansas City with that game plan. Uh, and look, they outplayed Kansas City, or they outplayed, uh, they outplayed, or Kansas City outplayed Baltimore. Simple as that. And their defense was outstanding. Steve Spagnuolo, I mean, just completely destroyed Todd Munkin. I mean, from a D.C. of Kansas City versus O.C. Uh, of Baltimore standpoint, that was a that was a that was a beatdown. That was a knockout UFC style in the first round. Steve Spagnolo over Todd Munkin yesterday, man against a boy, you know, as far as coaching is concerned uh, in that game. So uh, credit to uh, Kansas City though; they just find a way uh, and a great job by the uh, Chiefs. And they're back. We're going to get Taylor Swift down our throats uh, for the next uh, two weeks straight in the build up to uh, the Super Bowl. And then in the other game, my goodness, the Lions. Um, that, that sucks. That's uh, that's brutal. That's tough. You have a 17-point lead in that game, and you can't hold it. They were the better team by far in the first half. They were just completely dominant over the 49ers uh, in that game. 
I mean, and that defense, that's that's a hell of an overrated defense, that San Francisco team we're starting to find out. I mean, they had guys running wide open, receivers running wide open. They couldn't stop the run with Montgomery and Gibbs. Uh, that was just absolutely defensively. <laughs> There's another coordinator that didn't have his team ready to go, Steve Wilkes, defensive coordinator for the 49ers. What the hell was he doing? Ben Johnson was beating them like a drum uh, in that first half there, and that you know, coordinator battle. Uh, and then, of course, in the second half, look, San Francisco, they are still a good team. You knew they weren't going to go away. But then, of course, you have – and put, look, Dan Campbell's going to get tarred and feathered. That's just the way it is for some oh, of yeah. these decisions. Fourth down multiple times. You could have kicked the field goal multiple times to go up by three possessions. But he's, but at the same time, Alex, this is what he is. He's done this all year. They've gotten this far. They've been this successful all season doing this, you know, being aggressive, going yeah. for it on fourth down all the time. And it's worked 98% of the time. Unfortunately, it didn't work enough today. And before I blame, I'm not going to blame Campbell as much as I'm going to blame Josh Reynolds, man. What horrible job by him. Two yeah. brutal drops, brutal drop passes twice. That fourth down, he should have had it. The third down in their own territory when they're still trying to get the momentum back, pure drop. No one around him, and he drops it. And Gibbs can't fumble there. That's a tough, that's a knowing the momentum of the game is starting to conspire against you. You cannot fumble at that part of the field, you know, at that part of the game either. And sure enough, 49ers capitalize, take advantage. The rest is history. The momentum was just all San Francisco. Detroit couldn't turn it back uh, in the other direction. Uh, and that's just a crippling loss uh, for the Detroit Lions. And um, a great season. It shouldn't be forgotten. But man, no one's thinking about that today. Maybe in a week or two, Alex, they'll think, what, what a great season, a renaissance turnaround season for this moribund franchise and the season they've had and the great job everyone did. But right now, the thought should be, this game was in our hands. This game was in our grasp, and we couldn't finish it. And that's the part that's tough. You were better than San Francisco for the more, more, large, large majority of that game, and you couldn't bring it home. It's a tough, tough pill to swallow today for the Detroit Lions. But a great day of football, Alex. What did you think? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing that, you know, is is congruent in all sports, especially in the playoffs, is, and I'll say it 150 times or more uh, once we get into April, May, and June, is killer instinct. And the teams that had killer instinct advanced and the teams that didn't go home. You see that with, with Kansas City, like I said, finding a way to grit through and play, you know, good defensive football, just capitalize and pick apart the mistakes that the, you know, the other team's giving you and find a way to, to win that game. Kansas City wasn't fantastic. They weren't you know leaps and bounds. This wasn't the historic AFC uh, title game performances we've seen previously from the Chiefs getting to the Super Bowl, but they just found a way. Uh, you know, The Niners, sticking with their system, not deviating from the plan, running the ball heavy, feeding the ball to McCaffrey, feeding the ball to Debo Samuel, and, and sticking through things and, and letting Detroit make their mistakes, letting their aggressive behavior, uh, you know, kind of push things a little too far and put themselves in a position. And now you capitalize. It's chess. And Dan Campbell's been playing checkers all year, and he he finally went against somebody playing chess. Andy Reid plays chess. Kyle Shanahan plays chess. And that's why both both teams are going to Vegas in two weeks. It's like I said, I think Dan is a – I appreciate the aggression. I do. But I think one of those times, and the, the reason why I'm also excusing him to, you know, I'm not, I don't think he deserves the, no pun intended, the lion's share of the blame uh, for that uh, loss yesterday. Because do we know if Michael Badgley, this kicker, is reliable and you can bank your life on him kicking True. from 45, 50 yards out, True. you know, when that game is tied the way it was there? 
Do we know for sure he can make that kind of a kick, that length of a field goal? So that's why I'm not I'm not going to be one of those guys that is going to you know bury sand all over uh, Dan Campbell's grave today. You know, uh, I'm, I'm not going to do that today. There are other factors. Was it a por- part of the puzzle? Maybe some of those fourth downs they didn't get that maybe they could have kicked a field goal. Sure. But how about some drop passes from Reynolds? How about the fumble by Gibbs? Can't happen. How about the fact that this guy <coughs> punted yesterday for them? It was a gorgeous punt. That should have been downed at the one-yard line. San Francisco should have taken over one of those drives at the one-yard line. The guy just stumbles and bumbles and can't keep the football out of the end zone. And it's a touchback. That should have been downed at the one. They completely screwed that up and botched it with the yep. special teams there. And that was a huge, huge deal as well because they could have had San Francisco pinned at the one-yard line. There were tons of mistakes made. It's not all Campbell, you know, deciding I'm going to go for it every time on fourth down. And the one thing I will say about Campbell, and this was not good, the timeout usage with the minute to go there uh, in the fourth quarter. That was bad. That was bad. Because you know damn well it's good luck trying to recover an onside kick. You know, it's 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 almost impo- uh, it's very difficult to do it these days, and you can't burn one of your three timeouts there in that spot. Uh, down by the goal line when you right before you made it 34 31 because then you had only two timeouts left you didn't recover the onside kick and they could pretty much run out the clock and that's exactly what happened and as a franchise you're hustling backward if you got a kicker in the playoffs that you can't trust to hit for 45 but yet you trust them to make the perfect onside kick to recover it no come on now no exactly brett how much of the i know you were busy this weekend did you see any of the football yesterday what did you think of them yeah, I got to watch the football. Luckily, Saturday I was kind of wrapped up in my own game, so missed hockey, but got home in time for football yesterday. Same thing, I think, and kind of extending Alex's point. This is, you know, the playoffs now. Experience matters, especially in football. Experience matters, and I think the inexperience from, uh, you know, the Ravens a little bit in these big moments, and definitely from Dan Campbell and and that that Lions team. I mean, that Lions team three years ago was like, what, three and 15 or something. So this is a brand new territory for them. And, you know, they just couldn't hang on big pressure moment. Second half kind of got to them. I think. I think so too. No doubt about it. Uh, Sunday NHL, as we turn our attention to uh, that um, LA loses again. Um, Look, it's not good enough anymore that they just get one point. They need two points in these games. And uh, again, an opportunity. They got the first goal uh, and they ended up, uh, unfortunately, St. Louis. Every time they scored, St. Louis answered. And eventually they got the game winner. How about Braden Shen now? Uh, Mr. Overtime lately for St. Louis. That's multiple overtime game winners for him the last week or so. Uh, Another 4-3 win and another overtime win uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues. That's three straight. That is. That's uh, three straight overtime wins, 4-3. Exact same score as well, 4-3 for the Blues over the Canucks, the Kraken, and the Blue and the uh, Kings. So very, very uh, good. Defense. And all of a sudden, the Blues, are we can they can start thinking and talking. Maybe we slip into the playoffs as a wild card spot. I, mean, I couldn't have imagined that about a month or two ago, but the, the, here they are. You know, they have a chance. I, you're right. I think there's – I'm, I'm kind of with Alex there. I think there's the, the, the slipper's got to come off Cinderella's foot. You know, at some point with them, they've won a lot of close games. They've they've lived a charmed life here uh, with this run that they've put together a little bit. But they're finding ways to win, and that's all that matters. And that's more than I can say for the L.A. Kings, another uh, very disheartening loss for them. And this Seattle game, look, I, we talked about how it was a 9-0 and sweep for Alex and I with the Patreon card uh, on the page yesterday with the plays. It was almost 8-1 and because I thought that Kraken team total, it was going to be another painful death of that, with that for me, just like it was against St. Louis on Friday night 
Three goals in the first period, and there I am sweating and needing an empty net goal uh, in the final, what, 13 seconds when Brandon Tanev put in that uh, empty net goal to make it 4-2 uh, Seattle. But we did cash the best bet, although, man, it was way too close for comfort to complete the 9-0 sweep of for Alex and I combined uh, with the Sunday of plays. And another great listen, too, as well, once that football game ended with Johnny Forslund and Eddie Olch. I know I'm a broken record with that, but they are phenomenal. They, they, they have some fun. They crack some jokes. They're a little bit of a couple verbal, jab, playful verbal jabs, nothing yeah. insulting, of course. They love each other. They're like brothers, Johnny. And Johnny and Eddie have known each other for a very long time. But it's just funny, and there's Eddie talking Super Bowl bets during the broadcast yep. right away. <laughs> i got to get on this. And it's just real good stuff. That crew is awesome, absolutely awesome, Alex. Yeah, no, it really is. That, I thought that was so funny. Uh, Everett Fitzhugh, who does radio for the Seattle Kraken, he's from Detroit native, huge Lions fan. So Eddie was talking about in the commercial break going over to the, the next booth to get, get to collect his cash because he had San Francisco. So uh, I thought that was, that was pretty good. And, and, and kudos and shout out to Root Sports, uh, North, you know, Northwest for letting them just kind of, you know, be free flowing. And, and, and like I said, they're arguably the best uh, duo in the league by far. But that game was just phenomenal to watch, obviously. Having the first period over, completing uh, the the uh, three leg of the parlay with uh, with Seattle. But like you said, it was a kind of close game, and I almost kind of ruined uh, my streak as well because when Columbus made it three two, I was getting really close, looking for Columbus next goal and uh, and the draw, and then all of a sudden it's locked. No book had it open, so it saved me from uh, from actually losing a couple of units there and keeping the uh, the day perfect. But L.A. is in a world of trouble. And uh, my best bet today will actually come from something in the futures market regarding the Kings. Uh, this is in bad shape right now. And, and you know, they're going to have to make a change with, with goaltending. That's that's your first start. But you got to wake up the rest of this lineup. And I don't know what's going to happen and what's going to what's exactly going to be uh, changing or shaking up to do that. And maybe you make some kind of a trade or something. But uh, I don't know. What I'm seeing right now is not good. So I'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Yep, no doubt. Uh, L.A. Kings definitely. You talk about a team that needs the all-star break. Holy fuck. The L.A. Kings are at the top of that list right now, uh, and uh, they're going to need it to try to regroup and recharge. Uh, Brett, I know you didn't see much of the hockey yesterday, but how did the betting weekend go for you? Uh, win some, lose some. We kind of split on the weekend. Um, you know, when I was uh, got home yesterday and saw some scores, I was thinking the same thing Alex was just talking about, like, What's next for the Kings aside from this all-star break and trying to reset themselves? Cause they're two and 14 in the last 16 games. They have zero cap room. And that's before Victor Arvidsson comes back from long-term IR. So that's going to be another mess to deal with. But I mean, this team thought they were going to be a contender in the West. They might not even make the playoffs right now. It's going to be interesting to see what Rob Blake does because their goaltending needs help. They need help. I mean, McClellan's already called out the team. Then Drew Doughty called out the team. What next? Yeah, exactly. What next? Yep. What next? Because look, uh, that's supposed to be, that's going to the well of tried and true measures that normally work, <clears throat> that normally spark a team. Coach ripping the guys. A very respected veteran, cup winning de player, defenseman like Drew Doughty criticizing the team that's supposed to be the spark that gets the team going again more often than not and it still hasn't worked for this uh king's team so uh, like i say they need this uh break and we'll see if uh, they can recharge and get 
their their game back. But it starts too with goaltending. Like, how do you have faith and confidence starting the second half of the season right now with Talbot and Riddick? Talbot's completely lost his confidence after a great start to the season. He's an all star. He w- wasn't he going to be an all star? Is still for the Kings, and he's like on a zero and eight slide or something in his last eight starts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's gone from an all star to like zero and eight in his last eight starts right now for the LA Kings and the starts, you know, he didn't always start out in there during this losing streak for Talbot playing poorly, but the last couple, he has played poor. The Colorado game was not a good game for him uh, yeah. at all. Uh, and uh, we continue to see the struggles from him and Riddick's not the uh, long-term answer as a number one goalie, not close. So uh, issues galore right now for the LA Kings. All right. We've got one game tonight on this Monday slate. It is the Nashville predators and the Ottawa senators. Uh, even money here, minus 110, both sides. Uh, the total six and a half shaded to the over in this game. We've already got goalie confirmations. UC Soros for Nashville. Mad Sogard going to get the opportunity for uh, Ottawa. I, I can't say I've been impressed with Sogard in the three previous starts that he's made uh, here for the uh, – actually, two previous starts. He gave up six goals and a 7-4 loss to Colorado. We were on the BetCast that night. And we bet Colorado live. They came back and won. Sogard was in net that night for Ottawa. Uh, he actually got a win against Philly. They won 5-3. Still gave up three goals, though, on only 25 shots. And then he replaced Corpusalo in relief Saturday night uh, against the New York Rangers. That 7-2 debacle at the hands of the Blue Shirts. I don't know. I haven't seen enough quality to trust Sogard, really, going into this game. Uh, you look at his numbers this year, 4.55 goals against, 841 save percentage. Last year, 19 games, uh, 3.32 goals against, 889 save percentage. So once again, uh, not not developed yet. And I like the hire of Justin Peters as the goalie coach, but clearly, and he's done a nice job. But clearly, they need to uh, probably work a little more with uh, Sogard because he is not a polished NHL goaltender, you know, at this stage of his career. Uh, on the flip side, you've got Nashville, of course, uh, coming into this game, you know, trying to get. Uh, their game back uh, going again because they've kind of been up and down uh, in recent games. They're off a 4-1 loss to Edmonton. I thought they played pretty well, though, uh, against the Oilers, uh, a surging Edmonton team, and I thought they gave them a pretty good battle. They actually outshot the Oilers 29-20 in that game. Had a bunch of chances, but the puck would not go in. And Skinner was very good, of course, in net for Edmonton once again. Uh, they'll be looking to bounce back here. They've lost three of their last four. Uh, Ottawa. I think the last six games, they've seen a lot of good things and improvement. The Boston game, I thought they deserved a better fate. 37-23, they had all kinds of power plays, big shot advantage. They lost 3-2 in overtime, but they deserved what they got against the Rangers. That was a regression to the better defensive play we were starting to see from Ottawa. I mean, breakdowns, turnovers, odd man rushes. It was everything against the Rangers that, that is bad and everything that cannot happen if you're going to play a good game defensively. And we saw it from Ottawa Saturday night uh, against the New York Rangers. I mean, I'm certainly interested in first period over, full game over. I mean, I hate to be a broken record here, but if I'm going to look in any direction here in this game, that would be it. Um, Nashville. Uh, now, team total, I think, is live maybe for both teams. because I think Ottawa is going to be uh, a sense of urgency, but I think you could say the same about Nashville. Uh, we will see. But uh, it's, it's a tricky game here because Ottawa, at the same time, they want to bear down, I'm sure, defensively after the Ranger game. Are they capable of doing it? They've shown, you know, a few games before the Ranger game they were capable of it. Uh, but we will see here in this how it uh, plays out. You know, to be honest with you, I, I I lean but don't love the first period over. I lean but don't love the full game over. But I think I do like the first period both teams to score. 
take a chance that we see a 1-1 first period in this game. I think Ottawa at home answers and responds uh, and maybe gets on the board in the first 20. And I certainly think Nashville is capable of it, especially now with Sogard and Net, who is, we know uh, has struggled uh, in the few starts that he's had this season. And you look back historically before this season as well, the numbers just aren't great for him at the NHL level. So uh, that's probably what I like most. In a game I don't love overall, but first period, both teams to score is probably what I like the most. I think 1-1 in the first period is a very plausible uh, potential. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Nashville, Ottawa. Yeah, that's the closest I would come to playing anything in the first period. As Chris Otto mentioned in the chat, there's been a lot of uh, trending to the under with Nashville in the first period, certainly uh, the goals in the first 10 minutes. So uh, with that being said, I'm kind of staying away from looking at anything early in the contest. I have a play on the draw here. I can see where this game might you know, start off with a little bit of pace, but more than likely would end up kind of slowing down. And that's the thing with these six games over the next three days. It doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot of, of energy, especially with this particular contest. Both of these teams play again on Wednesday. Nashville going home against L.A., team we know they play very well against Ottawa playing a division game against Detroit on the road so uh, if I had to look at a side I'd maybe lean slightly more toward Ottawa just off of situation but it's not enough to play and like I said Ottawa's not a team I'm trying to back right now because of their issues with their goaltending so uh, it's a, it's, the draw for me is the only thing I like in this all right liking the draw by the way five straight head-to-head unders with the uh, Predators against the Senators it is worth noting that five straight meetings have gone under the total between uh, Nashville uh, and Ottawa entering uh, tonight's contest uh, between them. Uh, you know, as far as props go, just briefly uh, on this, um, we've got uh, a couple of options here. You know what I've always said about Nashville, always have some interest in uh, Mr. Uh, Nyquist, Gus Nyquist for the uh, Nashville Predators. Forsberg's really rolling. O'Reilly, uh, Forsberg's been just tremendous, uh, you know, and shooting the puck quite a bit. So, I'm, you know, I'm not a big shots on goal uh, player prop uh, better right now, but Certainly, I can make a case for that. Uh, and for Ottawa, you look at the uh, situation with them. Uh, it looks like, uh, you know, I still think Pinto worth a look here. We've talked about him a little bit. Tarasenko, I think, even though he's on the third line, he is producing for Ottawa, and it's kind of a showcase for him because he's likely going to get dealt before the trade deadline. So maybe a, a props for Tarasenko, for Pinto, and maybe I'll throw in Matthew Joseph there because as long as he stays on the second line, which it looks like he will be there tonight with Josh Norris and Drake Batherson, there's going to be opportunity for him to have some value from his with his props on that second line. Uh, Brett, what do you think here? Nashville, Ottawa. I'm leaning in the same direction as Alex with the draw. Um, you know, Nashville is a low-scoring team. Even in games they're winning, they're one-goal games. In the last five, three out of five games are one-goal games, and they're two losses were against Edmonton and, and Florida by by margin. And and Ottawa is not Edmonton or Florida offense. So I would uh, think that Ottawa kind of battens down the hatches with after giving up seven the other night with uh, with their younger goalie in net. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, maybe a 2-2 game. I could see it going to overtime. So I'll have a small play on the overtime. All right, liking the draw for a small play. And here's Jimmy Murphy. Now, Jimmy was with us Friday. Friday's usually his day with us, but uh, he had uh, reception issues traveling to New Hampshire, it was, on uh, Friday. Plus, we have no show this Friday, so we thought, let's get Jimmy on Monday, uh, back situated uh, at home, ready for another edition of the Sick Podcast, of course, later today, the eye test with uh, Pierre Maguire at 4 p.m. Eastern. But, uh, Jimmy, how was the weekend? Good. You guys? 
Very good. How about your Bruins? We always love, of course, with you on. We got to talk a little Bruins hockey. I mean, yeah. Going to the All Star break on, on a better high note than that against Philadelphia, and I thought maybe a little flat spot for them. Not apparently. I, I'm with you, Ian, and I think you know I was going to say that if I didn't get cut off on Friday, I'd stay far away from the Bruins on Saturday. I just, you know, it was one of those dates where you kind of understood if they if they laid an egg there, they're already thinking vacation, and Philly needed that win so much more, really, when you think about it, but. Yeah, they just took it to him. And, I mean, you could tell. I feel you look pretty demoralized after that game. They did. And, you know, what's funny is that I thought Boston was right for the pick in the first 10 minutes. Because I thought mm-hmm. Philly outplayed them, kind of a little sleepy in the early going. But then they got to one nothing despite being outplayed. And Philly kind of got deflated. And then it's another goal right away. And then yeah. at that point, it was just – it was over, it felt like. You know, yeah, I think it, it's, it's indicative, too, of, I, I think, where Philly's heading right now, guys. I mean, look, I think – what they've done this year has been amazing, but I get the feel right now. And I know Pierre Maguire, my co-host and I were talking about this the other day. We're going to talk about it again today. They seem to be coming back to earth. They really do. It seems like the grind of the season really chewed them up and spit them out over the past couple of weeks. And I think that's a team where maybe, you know, it could come a point where you got to start fading them. Yeah, they could be. I mean, I, you know, with the torts team and how hard they work, most of the time, although they're hard work, it's they're not. It's not that they're not working hard during the losing streak. No. They're not. They're not they're working key well. guys. Yeah, and they miss Tippett. Tippett yeah. has been a huge, huge loss for them. Yeah, and Hart. No Hart, Hart, and, Hart and, and I think that's shaking them up because they know oh, damn yeah. well this absence could be related to the you know what. So yeah, uh, yeah, and I think that's kind of you know shaking them up a little bit. You could say the same about New Jersey with their two guys, mm-hmm. McLeod and Foot, that uh, look like they are involved in that you know ugly situation. So. Yeah. I was gonna uh, say yeah. an interesting thing. What what would the odds? I wonder would be if you parlayed all three of those teams to miss out: Calgary, New New Jersey, and Philly. Huh? Wow. Yeah. I mean, that would Probably be good odds. Uh, take a look yeah. at that. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested in that. But uh, yeah, I mean, De- Calgary. I don't have faith in them making it. I mean, one nothing against Chicago, and you're hanging on for dear life. And you need every needed every save you got from uh, Markstrom just yeah. to hang on in that game too uh, on Saturday night. So don't love their trajectory. Uh, right yeah. now uh, either. Uh, Jimmy, what do you like here, if anything, with this game? One game tonight, Nashville-Ottawa. I'm liking the under in this, guys, amazingly. I mean, it's just the way Ottawa's been playing a lot of low-scoring games lately, and they, they're definitely tightening up their structure. They're not winning every game. But with the exception of that one where they got blown out by the Rangers, other than that, they've been pretty better than they were earlier in the season. So I, I could see, and I like the draw as well, so I'm going to go with the draw and the under in this. All right, draw on the under, says uh, Jimmy, with this one with uh, Predators and the Senators. Yeah, it's a game that, to me, I could see every kind of possibility in play. Low scoring, high scoring, draw, no draw, Ottawa, Nashville winning the game. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's one of those games where there's a lot of possible outcomes, uh, in my opinion, for These sure. These are big games for Nashville, too, guys. Remember that. I mean, they could kind of shake up the wild card race out west if they can get two wins here before the uh the break so yeah yeah there's there's no question uh about that um so nashville ottawa the only game tonight here on this uh, monday slate we've got just two games tomorrow and then three games on wednesday uh to wrap things up before the all-star break and a reminder we're not on the air thursday friday saturday sunday so it's gonna be a little four-day break uh for uh, me and alex and then we'll be back on uh, monday and i know as much as we enjoy doing this shows it's still you know we're here seven days a week every single day to get these little breaks alex Let's yeah. be honest. We're oh, going to enjoy them, nice. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And now that nice. Jimmy's an everyday you know, showman as well, <laughs> I'm sure he feels the same way, right? Yeah. Yeah. No breaks for us, though. We're going to keep 
going through, you know, you guys do it every day though. And that's, that's unreal what you do there, but yeah, we'll, we'll be on Monday through Friday, right up until uh, all-star weekend here. So. Yeah. Before we get to bargain bin special of the night and best bets, I do want to mention one thing too, about you, about the doc Emmerich episode, which by the way, you should have watched. Oh yeah. That was fun. I was, I was honestly just, uh, my heart just sunk when I heard the story Pierre said about, and I know how much of an animal lover I am. And I obviously mm-hmm. doc with what his wife and him have done with animals yeah. and dogs in particular, that when they were in Sochi, Russia for the Olympics, and they apparently came across a site of dogs being slaughtered and shot. I mean, and, and it's just, yeah, absolutely sick. And, and apparently doc just jumped when he heard the gunshot of, of, uh, on, against a mm-hmm. dog. Uh, there in Russia, and Pierre said you could just see the look on his face. Just it, it was heartbreaking, and it's heartbreaking just to think of that. That yeah. that, that that is happening to dogs in uh, any any part of the world. They're just getting shot like that. Yeah, so awful, awful. But uh, I'm an animal lover, and I heard that. I'm like, wow, that's, that's yeah, that's pretty amazing what he did though. How he paid for some of these dogs to come back, yeah, uh, to the United States, tried to rescue them. So uh, yeah, he's he's an amazing man. It was great. It was great to have him on. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, like I say, I th- I think I've got the uh, someone's. I actually got a copy of it. Someone posted it like years and years <laughs> ago when Doc was doing play by play. Like the two hundred wor- words that he uses to describe the movement of the puck. I mean, he's, it's unbelievable. Like yeah. I never knew spirited and foisted. I never heard those in my life until I heard Doc. Yeah, you know, that's great. Spirit. Those two in particular: spirited, foisted, skyhooks. One we don't yeah. hear every day anymore. Waffle boarded. Waffle boarded was a dot creation. I never heard waffle boarded before <laughs> for a goalie save with the blocker, you know, until dot called the game. So that was a great interview. He's a legendary play by play guy. Although the American play by play is in good hands right now. I got to admit, Kenny's good. Yeah. Uh, We're actually Burke's having Kenny good. on tomorrow. We're going to have Kenny Albert on the eye test tomorrow. Oh, nice. so Very go. good. Ooh, Absolutely. Yep. That man's amazing in that he can do four major sports. He does all four. He's the only yeah. guy, I think, one of the few events, yeah, that does yeah. all four. Football, basketball, because he does Nick basketball every now and then yep. on MSG. Baseball for Fox occasionally. Of course, NFL on Fox every week. And, of course, NHL Rangers and TNT. It's amazing. Yep. And he does it well, all four. It's hard to do. Yeah. It's amazing. And he does yeah. it you know, nationally and locally. He's, he's a great guy. I've, got, I've had the pleasure of meeting him a couple times and – He's got the time for anyone, man. He'll tell you great stories, so I'm looking forward to that. And one of the great stories, too, about Kenny from previous interviews, because I remember he was on Spitting Chicklets, too. He's actually a Vancouver Canucks fan. Or growing up as a kid, he was a Vancouver Canucks fan. You would not think that about Kenny Albert. Yeah. yeah. He's from Long Island, right? Pretty yeah. sure he's from Long Island, yeah. Yeah, he ended up – there was just the, the, that particular team and the, the Vancouver Canucks, like 70s, 80s Canucks, he got into the, cheering for them. For various reasons, and yeah, ended up being a Canuck fan growing up. But that, all that, and more, you get that with the eye test. So make sure you check that out with Jimmy Monday to Friday with Pierre, 4 p.m. Eastern time. All right. Also, what you want to check out is Patreon.com/slash Ice Guys, especially when you know that we're capable of putting together a Sunday card like Alex and I did, nine and zero sweep with sides and totals, and you get every day our sides, totals, and player props posted on the Patreon page for members for just ten dollars per month patreon.com slash ice guys goalie charts totals charts and we're recording bonus video content this week uh, alex and i for the patreon page as well so check it out patreon.com slash ice guys just ten dollars per month and of course we have more patreon exclusive betcasts coming up in february <laughs> as well and the store as well uh, iceguys.myspreadshop.com get your gear and your merch there 
Yeah, absolutely. Check out the store. Check out both <clears throat> stores. We got, of course, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. That's the main store, but the limited edition store, which will be tagged at the end of this episode, uh, over on X at the underscore ice guys. We got items that are going to be there just maybe a few more days longer. So if you want to get one of the Skinner shirts right now, definitely want to jump on that because we're only going to have about four or five days left for those to be available. And uh, don't forget the main store, which is iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, good stuff. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special of the Night. Uh, and Alex B. Smith had a cross-port parlay Bargain Bin Special of the Night casher yesterday. McCaffrey-Kelsey touchdowns in the uh, football playoff games combined with uh, Columbus-Seattle first period over at north of plus 400. Uh, Alex, anything you like from the Bargain Bin for tonight's one game? I really wish that I could come back with an encore tonight, but I simply cannot. This game just doesn't have anything that – uh Stuck out to me, so it is a pass tonight for the bargain bill. Totally understandable, of course, with just uh, one game on the slate. Brett, I know just the one game, but did you find anything in the bargain bin that you were interested in? Not not enough to jump on. Like I, like I said before, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, so I'm not even going to push my luck here. No, all right. Um, and uh, Jimmy, uh, anything for you bargain bin-wise or no? <clears throat> Oh, we got. We'll get Jimmy back in a minute. I'm going to go back. All right, to yes, nothing tonight. Nothing tonight. All right. I'll be the one that's got a bargain bin. I'll be the one that's <laughs> pulling out my wallet and going to the bargain bin and buying something, even though we've got a bunch of used items. It looks like in the uh, bargain bin tonight with the uh, one game Nashville and uh, Ottawa. Uh, I'll just go back to the well with Mr. Pinto. You know, it's obviously it's Slim Pickens. There's only one game, but plus three thirty for him at Pinnacle. Um, you know, I actually think he's had some pretty good games since he's been back. He's had chances in every yeah. game. So, yeah, let's go with him. And he feels like he's probably got to make it up to the team. You know, you get that 40-game suspension. You know, I got to be ready to go and play well, kind of make it up for my transgressions. So, uh, Shane Pinto, uh, plus 330 Ottawa Senators for my uh, bargain bin uh, special of the night. Best bets, obviously just the one game. But as we start with Alex, his best bet's actually going to be something else. Let's hear. Yeah, it's a future. And we're talking about the Los Angeles Kings and how this team's absolutely struggling. And you look at – they've got one more game before the All-Star break. They're taking on the Nashville Predators. Now, we know how they play against Nashville. They've lost 12 of their last 15 meetings against them. After that, they come back on February 10th at home against the Edmonton Oilers, who pretty much have the spot that they were holding for the first two months of the season. Then they go on a four-game East Coast road trip against Buffalo, New Jersey, Boston, and Pittsburgh. They come home for three games, one of those being against Nashville, and then they go back on the road for a three-game road road trip, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. That is a brutal stretch to have when you don't have quality goaltending, when you've got all kinds of errors and calamities going on throughout your lineup, and you're having some tough time scoring. I'm taking a shot with plus 325 that the Kings miss the playoffs. You can get that at Ben Online. That's LA Kings to miss the playoffs, plus 325. I think they're going to struggle out of the gate with a tough schedule and uh, miss out on the postseason here. So Kings to miss out plus three twenty five. That's my best bet for today. There you go. I love wow. that price plus three twenty five. Even after the slump that the Kings are in, which has put them on the precipice of making or missing the playoffs, still a good price plus three twenty five. Los Angeles Kings to miss the playoffs. A best bet for Alex B. Smith for this Monday slate. Brett, how about you? Best bet for tonight. I actually love that from Alex. I'm probably going to jump in on that. With that also in mind, I might split my uh, split my bet tonight with Nashville and the draw. Nashville is one of those teams chasing LA for that uh, for one of those wild card spots. 
Um, I think they understand the pressure of ending this road trip <clears throat> with a win. So I'm going to split my bet with draw and Nashville tonight. All right, there we go. Draw and Nashville, uh, a little bit of both there. So we'll give you, uh, yeah, we'll give you two best bets there with that. Draw and Nashville, uh, split uh, even uh, amount wager there for uh, Brett with his best bet. Uh, Jimmy, uh, what do you got for best bet? I'm going to go with that draw as well. That'll be my best. I, I definitely sense a little extra time in this game. And like I said, I'm, I, I lean towards Nashville as well with the win. Like he said, they really need these points before the break. All right, there we go uh, with uh, Jimmy with the uh, draw here uh, with the uh, Predators uh, and the Senators. And my best bet, look, uh, in a game that I don't really love anything, but it's probably the strongest of a weaker uh, array of bets from this game. Uh, I will go with that because the value is pretty solid still. Even though I do worry, you know, Ottawa might tighten up. Nashville is not always a first-period scoring team either, but with us, with Sogard and Net, uh, with both teams off losses, I do think you're going to see urgency. So I'm going to go with that plus 158 for both teams to score in the first period for uh, Nashville uh, and Ottawa tonight as my uh, best bet. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. We thank uh, Jimmy for joining us, Brett for joining us. Everyone in the chat, hit the like button. We've only got two more shows left uh, before the All-Star break, Tuesday and Wednesday. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms and make sure you make the eye test as well. Part of your daily listening and viewing routine as well. Jimmy Murphy and Pierre Maguire, 4 p.m. Eastern Monday to Friday for Alex B. Smith, Brett Skalski, Jimmy Murphy. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we're back with you tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the ice guys. 